Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Monday, March 13th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The number of homicides in East St. Louis has dropped roughly 30% in the last four years. And I can see the crime in the city even being reduced even lower. I believe the statistics for the next two years will be even lower than what they are right now. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer will examine what has led to the decline and whether it's sustainable. A police officer in Herman has been killed in the line of duty. The Missouri State Highway Patrol says Detective Sergeant Mason Griffith died after he was shot last night at a convenience store. A second officer was shot and is listed as serious but stable. Authorities say a St. Louis County man is a suspect. They are searching for Kenneth Lee Simpson of Eureka. Herman is about an hour and 20 minutes west of St. Louis. School nurses throughout Missouri say students are missing class because of their periods. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Crumkey reports on a new program to address the issue. A St. Louis University professor surveyed school nurses from almost every county in Missouri. The majority said they have students who struggle to afford period products and who miss class because of their periods. Ann Siebert Kuhlman conducted the study. It's not just in the urban core. Despite differences in district characteristics, nurses in pretty much all of the districts that responded were reporting some of these same issues. Now a Missouri grant program is providing funding to school districts so they can buy products for their students. The state will reimburse schools for products like pads, tampons, and reusable menstrual cups. I'm Kate Grumpke, St. Louis Public Radio. The Illinois Hotel and Lodging Association is trying to level the playing field with short-term rental companies like Airbnb. Hotels are required to tack on a 6% state lodging tax, while short-term rentals can operate tax-free. Lawmakers in Springfield have introduced a measure that would add an identical tax to rentals. The association's Michael Jacobson says companies are pocketing millions of dollars that would otherwise go toward state programs. The hotel industry welcomes competition, but current laws give short-term rentals an unfair advantage since they are not required to pay their fair share. The group is also supporting a proposal that would allow hotels to remove customers who are verbally abusive to staff. If you don't like the weather in St. Louis, just wait five minutes. As St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Moline reports, that cliché is justified in the area. Matt Beicher is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in St. Louis. He came to the area from New York. Beicher says he finds the region's weather interesting to cover because of how quickly it changes and how many different types of weather he sees. Whether it's flash flooding and heavy rain, winter weather, severe weather, extreme heat, extreme cold, even we even have wildfires, we have drought, we have long-term things that, that we forecast for as well. He says although he enjoys the variety in weather, he always tries to keep in mind the effects it can have when it turns severe. Beicher was a guest on St. Louis on the Air. I'm Brian Moline, St. Louis Public Radio. The St. Louis Battlehawks are coming off a record-setting return to the Dome at America Center. The sound of an XFL record crowd of 38,310 yesterday, cheering the Battlehawks in a 24-11 victory over Arlington. 
Fans from throughout the region and beyond were in the stands, including Braddock Bearden of Springfield, Illinois. He's confident the league will survive, even though some cities are not coming close to attracting as many fans as St. Louis. I think the other teams will figure it out, probably. Some have to do with like small stadiums like Vegas. They have a super small stadium. But I feel like they could eventually build up and have the league be bigger. Las Vegas has averaged around 6,000 fans for its two home games so far this season. The Battlehawks are 3-1 and one and are home against D.C. this Saturday. Another sports note today, several college basketball teams with ties to the St. Louis region are set for postseason play. The St. Louis University women's team is in the NCAA tournament for the first time. It will take on Tennessee this coming Saturday. The University of Missouri men's team will face Utah State in the first round Thursday. Also on Thursday, the University of Illinois men's squad will take on Arkansas. Southeast Missouri State's men's team will face Texas A&M Corpus Christi Tuesday in a play-in game. The Illinois State Police says homicides in East St. Louis are down roughly 30 percent over the last four years. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer explains what has led to the drop and how the city's mayor plans to change his hometown's reputation. In late January, Mayor Robert Eastern III referred to his city in a new way. So it's not East St. Louis anymore, it's the East Safe Louis. So I need everybody to say East Safe Louis. That's where we're at. So a couple days later, Illinois State Police sent a press release. Homicides dropped over the last four years, from 36 to 25. Non-fatal shootings also fell. What led to the change in East St. Louis? The answer can be complicated. Eastern points to the work of the Public Safety Enforcement Group. Formed in 2020, the group combines the work of the city's police department with state police, the school district, and the community. Those as a whole are what Illinois State Police Director Brennan Kelly points to as well. We're definitely uh, heading the right direction, and we want to sustain that, and we're we're consciously optimistic. This is the right combination of resources and law enforcement and community effort that's needed to turn a place like East St. Louis around. Kelly knows the crime in East St. Louis well. He previously served as the state's attorney for St. Clair County and prosecuted those crimes. What Kelly and others say make this partnership different is how the community is involved. Again, it's about trying to bring places of healing for the whole man. That's Yvetta Granger. She runs an organization called the Community Lifeline that responds as social workers whenever state police are called to a violent crime. Granger's organization offers grief counseling, de-escalation training, and connects state police working these crimes to victims' families. Granger says that didn't always happen in the past. Too often, police would not check back in to update a family. That, and a number of other factors, led to the community not trusting and working with the police. But now, with this partnership, Granger says it's changing. I think trust is being built. I think trust is being reestablished. And I think that that's what it's going to take to address public safety. I think we cannot do this without the public. While Granger's work focuses on the community as a whole, the East St. Louis School District is working to take care of its students. Tiffany Golson runs the Wraparound Wellness Center. And so in real time, we're supporting our youth or their families in the midst of any traumatic event. When state police are dispatched to a violent crime, they call Golson if they see a student at the scene. Whether the student committed the crime, was the victim, or just witnessed what happened, the school wants to be there. With the partnership, the Wellness Center can get ahead of the problem. And that, Golson says, has made a world of difference. 
that we say it's a marriage, a throuple when you include the community lifeline and the work that they help us do. For all involved in the Public Safety Enforcement Group, these trends offer promise. For those who study crime, they also raise questions. That includes Paige Vaughn. She teaches criminology in Alabama. Vaughn got her doctorate from UMSL under Richard Rosenfeld, a prominent criminologist. Rosenfeld found crime has dropped since the pandemic. But in the early days of COVID, Vaughn says crime went up. It's just interesting that, like, they didn't have an increase. I thought they would have an increase there. Because St. Louis did. But are these trends sustainable? Former police chief Michael Hubbard says yes. And I can see the crime in the city even being reduced even lower. I believe the statistics for the next two years will be even lower than what they are right now. Hubbard retired just before the public safety group formed. But as a community member now, looking in from the outside, Hubbard believes a corner has been turned. The same could be said for Mayor Eastern. A bad weekend in February, where two residents died, does remind him there's still work to be done. Through early March this year, there's been six homicides. But he compares what's being done in East St. Louis to planting a bamboo tree. Slow progress at the start. And all of a sudden you wake up one morning and it's is out the ground and it's three feet tall and these are the seeds that they're planting. You know, so hopefully and prayerfully that um, this will germinate and, and go outside the boundaries of even what we can conceptualize. Eastern and other leaders say while they are far from their end goals, they'll continue their work to reduce homicides ahead in 2023. In East St. Louis, I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. Our friend Ehrlich edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.